Nicolas Bornos of Capitalink, I would like to welcome you to the SWIP finance panel, to the bank SWIP finance panel. Uh, bank finance has been uh, a very important activity for shipping uh, and for Norway, we have a number of Norwegian and uh, international banks very active in Norway financing uh, Norwegian shipping and global shipping. So we're delighted to have with us a great group of panelists. Uh, I would like to thank uh, our moderator, Peter Al Simonsen, a partner at uh, the law firm of Simonsen, Bogdan Vig, and uh, Peter, uh, please take over and introduce our esteemed panelists. And thank you all for being with us and making this a great uh, forum and a great panel. Thank you, Nicholas. Uh, welcome to you all. Um, I've been given the honor of, of mediating, the, uh, being the moderator for this, uh, not mediator, but moderator for this uh, session. And I'll, uh, Nicholas already explained my background. and. Um, uh, one thing that I find interesting, just a starting remark here, is that we're now focusing on the future going forward. And the, the years behind us have been somewhat um, uh, colored by the restructurings and, and, and the challenges for the industry and for certain banks and many of the banks in the industry in general. Whereas we now more focus on the way forward and on new challenges and new opportunities. Um, the focus today is on the from the the, the the shipping and lending activities from the Nordic banks perspective. We have with us today a group of gurgles from ABN. Um, that's not a Nordic bank, but they're quite present with an office here in Oslo, and that's amongst one of the the panelists today. Uh, the backdrop, as I said, is that we've been through a, a series of uh, continuous restructuring, so to say, and we're focusing forward. Uh, much of the focus today is on the ESG and the ESG standards and how that affects shipping and then how that affects banking and how banking is affected by it and then affects the shipping side again. And um, uh, in this context is not only about financing of uh, service vessels for offshore wind industry and other quite obvious kinds of new industries, but also what what will what will actually uh, be the, the 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 future for the large sector part of the sector being like bunkers, tankers, containers, crews, you name it, all the the, the large part of the shipping industry. So the um, point with this session today is to try to shed a light on how the banks what. Well, think what they're planning and how this will affect their lending activity and how you, amongst those in the audience here today that are ship owners, how you then should think about your own business and your business model and how you can adapt it to qualify for those types of um, lending that you'd like to, for those sources you'd like to borrow from. Um, starting with the panel today. Uh, I think that uh, the panelists here are quite known to most of you, especially if you're been into Nordic uh, banking uh, within shipping sector in the last uh, 10 years. Uh, nevertheless, uh, I would like each of you to give a short presentation of you and uh, 
then again, in order to avoid any questions about uh, seniority and uh, importance, so to say, I decided that let's do it in alphabetic order by, by starting with the last name. So Nils, if you could just start with a short introduction for you and your bank. You're on mute. Can't still hear you. Uh, I think uh, Solvay will just jump out to you whilst you work with your mic, uh, Nils. Okay, that's okay, thank you. I'm uh, Solvay Frøland, and uh, that's a background. I can say that following 20 years in the shipping group of Nordea, I joined GIEC, Innovation Export Credit Guarantee Agency, seven years ago. And I will give you some perspectives from the export credit angle. International shipping companies are attractive customers for producers of maritime equipment, technology that is developed and delivered from a range of Norwegian companies, of which many belong to the SME sector and are located in small places all over the country. Following declining demand from the offshore sector, the industry transition to new markets is a key for preserving profitability and defending a strong global market position. And our mandate as an export credit agency is, among many other goals, to provide buyers of ships built in Norway or ships built elsewhere with equipment from Norway, long-term financing in amounts that correspond to the value of the Norwegian content. Hence, reflecting the order book at our shipyards in recent years, new risks in our portfolio consists of exposure to expedition cruise vessels, built for a few well-established medium-sized cruise liners, cable layers, a number of well boats servicing profitable seafood companies, low and zero emission ferries for domestic use, but also exposure to commodity vessels built in Asia and Turkey. And the portfolio currently stands at about 100 billion NOx. The Norwegian export credit offer has for many years been set up into one risk-free funding leg and one leg for risk cover. Both are state-owned and the two will now merge on July 1st under a new name, Export Finance Norway, with the target of providing a more efficient export credit offer. We expect no change to risk appetite or tolerance, nor to the terms and conditions applicable to the product range. And we look forward to continuing and developing new transactions together with you, fellow ship financing providers. Hopefully, you will find our offer useful. Thank you, Solvay. Quite interesting to learn about the merger and probably hear more about that today. Uh, Jupp, could you give a short introduction? Yeah, Jupp Gorgels, heading the Global Transportation Logistics Group. Um, I had the privilege of leading the office in, Nor in Norway, in Oslo, uh, between 2012 and 2017, and uh, four years now into the new role out of Amsterdam. We, um, we used to cover shipping globally, but in August last year, we uh, decided to leave the US and leave Asia. So we are now focusing on pan-European shipping and uh, logistics situations uh, for our clients and prospects. And we do that out of our offices in Oslo, in Amsterdam and uh, uh, Athens. So um, in shipping already for more than 15 years. Um, and I think we're banking close to 200 clients at the moment uh, um, in our group. Thank you, Gerald. 
Yes, hi, um, good afternoon. My name is Gerdot Lekru. Um, I've been in the industry for approximately 30 years now, like a couple of the others on the, on the panel. Um, I'm heading up the shipping uh, side in the bank uh, together with my colleague, Thuri Beck. So I'm handling the, the clients on the Nordic space um, and have done that for, for several years. I think most know our bank quite well. Um, we have approximately 100 clients plus within the shipping uh, portfolio, and that portfolio sort of reflects the shipping segments as such. So these are the large uh, clients worldwide, um, sort of 50%, 50 to 60% in the Nordics, and, and, uh, and uh, the remaining then in North America, in Asia, and in Europe. Um, so, uh, in terms of size of the portfolio, um, it varies a bit. Um, we, as others, took down the portfolio somewhat after 2010, 12. But has, we have also actually increased it a bit um, during the last 24 months. So, been rather active. Um, the portfolio is approximately 10 to 12 billion dollars. And um, so that's what we have ourselves. But in terms of arranging and book running, I think that most know that we are extremely active on that side. So a short introduction, Peter. Thank you, yes. Christos. Hello, I'm Christos Tsakonas. I'm heading shipping globally for DNB Bank. I've been holding this position for the last four years. Uh, before that, I was running our business in Asia. And before that, I was running our Greek business. Since this is a Nordic forum, I don't think I have to say much about DNB uh, or our presence in, uh, in shipping. We have a global presence, about 100 clients as well. And, uh, you know, we cover uh, about half, half of our client base is in, uh, in, in Scandinavia. So that's all, that's all from me. Yeah. And this, finally. Shall we see if this works? Can you hear me? Yes, yes we can. Perfect. I've had the IT help. My name is Niels Bugge. I'm a global head of commercial energy um, shipping and offshore at Swed Bank. I'm based in Oslo, but the bank, of, of course, is Swedish. Uh, we have a diversified portfolio of uh, shipping and offshore uh, exposure today. And uh, we have um, sustainability and transitional focus when we work with clients on, on new shipping projects, um, primarily focusing on uh, links to the Nordics in Europe. Thank you. Well, um, as I said in the, in the start here, I think the, the interesting part is the 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 uh, to learn about the what's happening internally in the banks and in which again external we, we will also have an effect and already has an effect on how you act externally and especially in light of the ESG. And then all of you are in the 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 daily top management of the each institutions lending within shipping, so. Just starting with an open question here, really, is to, to, to all of you, how are ESG in jail affecting you? And then I think in particular that you have the, the regulations related to the Poseidon principles passed by the IMO, which many of you then have uh, committed to. And then you have, in addition, the taxonomy of EU coming in as well. And then the question is, how does that affect you? How, how has the day changed since let's say three years ago how is it today and how do you think it will be will be tomorrow 
and um, a bit open here. We had a discussion prior to this conference, and uh, we learned quite a lot of interesting things from each of you. And uh, each of you actually had quite strong opinions on it. And then, um, and then anyone wants to start or just pick one? I I can start. Yep. Um... Swedbank uh, is ambitious when it, it comes to um, sustainability um, and uh, we most certainly um, uh, have a very strong focus uh, on um, doing what fits into the uh, transition that is required um, for us globally uh, to contribute to uh, delivering on the uh, Paris goals. Um, it's a whole host uh, of um, uh, relevant uh, items that hit us um, from uh, policymakers, uh, regulators, um, the EU, the taxonomy has been mentioned. And uh, funnily enough, we perceive that Already now, um, the IMO targets that the Poseidon principles are based on may be outdated if you take a science-based uh, approach uh, in analyzing their contribution to delivering on the uh, maritime sectors part of the, uh, the Paris goals. So this is challenging. It's work in progress. Uh, it is going to be very relevant for you the uh, shipping clients that we want to work with and very relevant uh, for us uh, in the uh, lending institutions. If, if, I may, if I may add, uh, you know, I agree with Niels. I mean, first of all, energy transition uh, for some is probably the best thing that ever happened in shipping because it, kept, it has kept the supply side under control. We have an order book that is at you know at the lowest level in in recent history, and in most sectors, you know, we see you know very very strong markets. Uh, but that this is not what energy transition is about. Um, we are extremely committed um, as DNB, and I think you know the rest of the banks here on the on the forum as well. Uh, this is the biggest disruption that we have seen you know in our in our businesses in recent history, and it's not a disruption that you know, we have decided, you know, ourselves, it's the whole society that is shifting. It is our employees that are demanding it. It's our investors that are demanding it. And, you know, as banks, we have a very, you know, critical role to play uh, in how uh, capital is channeled and how we enable uh, not only the green technologies, but also transition to the green technologies. Um, Niels mentioned the Poseidon principles. We've been one of the leading banks in setting up the Poseidon principles. And last year was the first time that we could actually put a number on the carbon footprint of our portfolio. Uh, it's not a perfect uh, tool, but it's definitely a very useful tool. And it's a tool that is evolving as targets are also, uh, are also evolving. Uh, the, the, the key is that you know, ship owners and banks, you know, we all have to realize that things are changing. We also have to change. We have to change our business model. We have to change the way we analyze risk. You know, we used to focus purely on credit risk and profitability. Now we have to look at stranded asset risk. We have to look at uh, new technology risk. We have to look at you know, what fuel is going to be used. Is the logistics network going to be there? So our job is becoming much more complex than what it used to be 
to what it used to be before. And the same, of course, applies to our clients as well. Mm-hmm. And maybe to, um, maybe to add to, um, to Niels and Crystal's um, uh, ESG, of course, is a very wide uh, topic. Um, I think uh, an, another good example is uh, the, the, the responsible ship recycling standards that, uh, that we have implemented already a couple of years ago where we engage with, um, with our clients and prospects to, to scrap ships uh, after their lifetime in a responsible way, in a more greener way, also taking into account the, uh, the social aspects of, uh, of our business at, you know, at, at the end of the use of, uh, of, of a certain asset. Very important development, I think, that, uh, that ship, shipping banks took a couple of years ago and many of the banks in this forum are uh, participating in this. Um, Poseidon Principles is is another ex- very very good example where we where we collaborate, right? Where we where we work together, uh, making indeed a framework, and then slowly slowly steer towards uh, yeah more greener assets in our on our balance sheets, um, measuring and then steering uh, later on. It's, it's indeed in development. Um, we, we took the initiative a couple of years ago to work with right ships and we abstain from FNG labeled ships already for a couple of years. Um, yeah, so there's, there's ways to, uh, to deal with this uh, proactively. And I think we're all doing that. Hmm. Uh, um, um, interesting thing here is how does this affect the, the customers of the bank. We have earlier today, today listened to amongst other clubs being in the forefront of, of looking at the new inventory inventions of, of, of doing shipping. And uh, then from previous discussions, Geirat, um, I remember that you said that uh, don't forget that uh, 70% or what it is, is the, the major bulk of shipping is still bulkers, it's containers, it's crews and whatnot. And then the question is, if I were a ship on, what are the banks expecting from me? There's, a, I can do something, but how much can I do? It will take time. It will cost money. But how, how do you look upon that? What is your, what is, what is the expectations that the expectations, or eventually could be the requirements that you would put in the future to those? Thank you for that, Peter. Um, well, I think before before actually answering that question, I think that's important to actually put demands upon ourselves as well as banks. I mean, uh, if you look upon ourselves as Nordea, I think that, you know, we have been very active on this on this uh, subject for many, many years. And actually now it's sort of embedded in in everything we do, um, you know, in the business strategy and, and, and our plans across. So sort of it's integrated in in the, the way we work. And we have been an active bank and a driving force in the transition to a sustainable economy. And I think that you know, it's the only way to go forward. Um, and we see incre- increased demand also for these, both for products and services. Um, and we have seen that sort of accelerating as well. I think all, all banks on the panel have done that. But importantly also is to put uh, demands and targets on ourselves. And, and we have done that as, uh, as we have released you know, um, statements on uh, during the years. So I think that's, that's a good starting point, you know, to look upon yourselves, ourselves first. In terms of 
what our expectations of our clients, and that goes across all industries, is that is that they are are uh, taking measures to to um, uh, to lead the way into the future. So so also we can comply with and, and create a better future for the future gener generations. I think that that uh, you know the the companies within our space, you know, they have been and are very active. Um, and I would say, especially during the last 12 to 18 months, I think that we, you know, we are learning every day and, and our clients as well, you know, we're not in the dialogue with ourselves and the other banks on the panel, you know, they're learning as well. And this is something that everybody takes upon themselves. And I must say that uh, the ones that, that don't, I think uh, will actually have uh, issues, uh, not only getting sort of attractive competitive financing, but I think also in the next five to 10 years, I think that they would have some issues actually getting capital, not just for the bank, from the banks, but also from the, from the equity market. So this is something that, you know, it's, it's, it's not an, it's not a subject. It's not an issue. This is the, you know, it's integrated in the way we think and the way we work. That's, you know, I think it's just a fact of the matter. Thank you. Can I, uh, maybe I can add a little bit from our side. So as you, all know, I believe the uh, GIEC has uh, developed the ESG policies since quite some time, really. And uh, we're also con um, concentrating on the full value chain. Of course, there is always discussions how far out you can go. But uh, from the shipbuilding activities here, we have uh, applied ESG targets um, on, on sustainability and labor rights and working conditions uh, on the suppliers of, for instance, the hulls that are used that are produced in Eastern Europe and uh, towed up to Norwegian shipyards for um, for finishing there before delivery to the new owners. And uh, that has been, uh, it is a working progress and it's, uh, uh, although our clients will uh, definitely uh, continue to, to meet increased uh, focus on ESG uh, and the sustainability, it is also our target to implement this in a competent and efficient manner in order to uh, reduce the necessary time and costs related to this. And that requires a certain maturity in the way it is uh, handled. So, uh, and uh, when it comes to uh, the effect on the um, uh, supply and the offer of export finance, we have noticed that uh, the UK export finance uh, made a decision earlier this year on uh, on halting further financing of new fossil products projects. And that is a very powerful uh, uh, signal to the export finance market. And uh, there are also several other EU or, or other <laughs> countries in Europe that have started processes towards the same goal. And we in Norway, that is particularly uh, sort of um, uh, sensitive because uh, oil and gas is still uh, industry in the in Norway mm -hmm. so but in it and of course uh, the effect will be that reduced supply of capital to the, the uh, fossil sector um, will uh, make it more important to have a, a well, to be ambitious on our targets there thank you Zulai. I think it's uh, quite interesting we come back to more into the details of a new segment technology and uh, who's left on the station so to say here in the end of types of industries but just following a little bit up on what you said Geir Atle, could it be a bit more 
accurate on what what kind of requirements you would, would what you would expect to see from the ship owners i understand that many of the ship owners are working on 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 their their way of ensuring compliance with this new new world so to say but would it be possible for you to be more do you want to see plans for fleet renewal is it uh, what about refitting is it um uh, the Rome wasn't built in one day, so to say. So, uh, what what kind of expectations, if you could be possible for any of you to be a bit more specific? I think I, I think to, I actually think sorry. I think it actually comes back to it, this needs to be science based. So mm -hmm. I think that uh, you know at the moment we see, we actually see you know the technology. Uh, you know I think it's we are in a sort of transition period, right? I think that's important uh, for all the banks on this panel and, 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 and sort of the capital market at large to be part of that transition. Because, you know, this is, as we said, it's not built in one day. I think that, you know, the, the technology needs to be, to, to be in place as well. And, um, and our, our uh, sort of um, expectations uh, to the client is that, to the clients is that they, they as us are, are, um, are driving this uh, transition. So yes, we will put uh, demands upon our clients just as we put our upon ourselves. And, uh, and what we see is you know, that all of the clients are working very actively with this and take it very, very serious. So mm -hmm. I think that you know, any client that wouldn't do that, you know, we, would, we would work with, but at a certain point, obviously, I think we need to, if, if that doesn't work, we need to, to have a serious, serious conversation, but we are not at that point at all. I think that uh, our, our client base is, is working extremely active with this. Um, I think that you know we should also focus, and I think that this is what you're alluding to as well, Peter. And uh, we said in the in the call before before this meeting is also the opportunities that this creates, because I think that you know it, that sort of mi is missing a bit. I think the next five to ten years will probably be some of the most you know exciting and interesting uh, times for for our industry. Um, you know, we we are in a transition. Uh, we have a fantastic um, standpoint at the at the moment, as Chris was uh, mentioned. You know, the supply side is looking very very good. Hasn't been uh, that low order book for you know at least fifteen years, and uh, and we're moving into a, um, a a phase now where we can you know create better and more efficient equipment, uh, the the ships as such, and um, and pro could also be that we could attract new capital into this industry. So, so you know, we as a bank look very, very positive upon the, upon the next five to ten years. Christos, yeah, if you know, I think it's important to frame you know the whole issue, you know, in a bit of a different light. I mean, shipping transports about ninety percent of world trade and contributes to three percent of you know of emissions. These are important statistics, you know, to keep in mind and. You know, sh ships don't move around because owners want them to move. They move around because people like you and me, they want an iPhone from China, they want a computer from Korea, you know, they want three TVs from Samsung, right? So shipping is contributing to the standard of living that we have decided, you know, we want to have. Now, we turn around and we look at ship owners and say, okay, and to banks and say, what are you doing about making this transportation more efficient? And I will have to say that it is impressive the speed with which you know the industry is embracing this change. We have you know short-term and we have longer-term uh, policies that are being put in place, and we have you know a trajectory set by IMO 
Also, the Paris Agreement that uh, Niels you know, mentioned before, which is probably going to accelerate the timetable as well. And the industry has embraced that. In the shorter term, we see changes in hull designs. We see people you know, looking to slow steam and adjust the engines. We see some uh, dual fuel LNG vessels, which are not the solution, but maybe it's an intermediate solution. And then there is a tremendous amount of research and development that's taking place for a more permanent solution, a more green solution through ammonia, through hydrogen, maybe through uh, nuclear. And there is also advanced talk about how you're actually going to fund this. Uh, people are talking about carbon levies, and you know we have been quite quite vocal about that as DNB. Maybe that is a way uh, to help the markets balance the new technologies. But you know we should. I, I think it's important to remember what is the problem, and I think it's also important to remember what is the industry as a whole doing and what direction it's taking, together with concrete measures to achieve to achieve those. So if I then try to sum up just on a, a little bit there before we move on to the, the new segments and new technologies, so to say, is that what you what I hear is that you say that uh, each of you are then doing an internal review and been doing that for quite a while in order to see what do I demand for myself. So at the same time, what you say is when it comes to consumers, you don't set the specific requirements on what to do, but that they need to have a plan. They have to have something they need to find a way and they have to document it towards you that it's a re sounds like to me that you don't put up exact requirements uh, necessarily or then of course those that we're following Poseidon principles and from taxonomy uh that's at least uh, do you disagree is that the uh, no i think the key the key the key word i think is transition and this is work in progress. Um, you're saying that we have spent a lot of time uh, actually evaluating this. There isn't a, a finished uh, means of target setting reporting available to us yet. We're talking about assets that have an economic life of 20, 25, 30 years. We're talking about developing technologies. We're talking about um, uh, large scale uh, production of uh, green ammonia, uh, green hydrogen, uh, whatever bears of, of uh, energy uh, that we need to, to uh, rely ourselves upon. Um, so our task together with clients is not to disrupt global trade, which is so important, but at the same time ensure that we and the shipping companies uh, accept the transition uh, and that we deliver on, on what is required. And as Geratle said, um, the, the science-based um, target initiative focuses on um, the delivery of the transportation service and the emissions from that, not on what cargo is transported. That means that we can uh, break down and uh, look at what is critical as opposed to uh, in the taxonomy, EU has included a cargo rule where they exclude the carriage of fossil fuels and leave the discussion and decision making with regards to, ex as an example, natural gas to the end of this year. So we're left with a lot of big questions. Uh, I think we need to attack them jointly uh, across the industry uh, to uh, be able to, to succeed. If, if I can just add, and I think those are extremely important points. Uh, I just want to add, Peter, in, in respect of you know what, sort of what we uh, expect from our clients. One thing 
that I I think that the industry as such as you know in, in terms of the capital side of it has been you know that folk that we haven't been that focused on which we should have um, is on the operations operations of the of, not of the companies but the, as such of the of the vessels you know how how are they actually performing I think that's you know during the last couple of years two or three years I think that the us as banks has been, become more and more interested and, and looking at that aspect of the of, of the of each client's business on the operation side, and and that I think will increase in focus, and rightly so. You you tried to say something here. No, it's not not so much to add. On on the other side, um, I think we have to distinguish uh, the the fleet, um, which is already on the water. And uh, the issues around making that fleet uh, greener and and in compliance with um, with with certain rules and not only Poseidon principles, but also the EEDI uh, that comes around already in 2023, where uh, shipping companies uh, have to have their fleet, um, you know, uh, uh, complying to the EEDI, and that becomes stricter and stricter as we uh, go forward. So uh, it's very important to look at, at this, pro, uh, yeah, this, this challenge holistically and look at solutions, how to modify the existing fleet on the water, wind assistance, air lubrication, uh, different paints, different uh, this and that. Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff to, that, that can be done and where banks also can have a uh, role in to, to, um, to, to, to motivate this, but also to finance such. Um, and we, we, we tend to always look at the new design, the new new building, um, but, but that is not the only solution. That's, no. that's not bringing us uh, far enough. And I think um, one other thing to add is that we, all of us, more and more look at uh, sustainability-linked loans and bonds where you basically um, um, make uh, the performance of the fleet or the company, uh, you, com you combine that, you link that basically with the pricing of your, uh, of your um, finance structure. And that is, uh, that is a new trend that has not been done much before. Um, and it's, it's likely to accelerate even further. Hmm. Uh uh, we have been probably limited time for this uh, session here, so I'd like to just jump over to, to another topic here that I tried to then uh, shift over to here a short while ago. And uh, this is uh, Crystals in our last uh, discussion here. Uh, you, I think it was you that mentioned that uh, with new technology, there's new challenges, and that also then relates to how you would do your, your structure of financing amongst others if you have new types of vessels serving new types of segments with new technology. Is it something that you can you'd like to comment now? I think it's something about the tenors risks, etc. No, no, absolutely. And I, you know, and I, I and I have said that I'm a firm believer that the business model of banks is changing, you know, radically. I said before, you know, we used to focus on credit risk. You know, most of us did a decent job at that. We used to focus on profitability, that's fine. Now, when somebody comes, a client comes and says, I want you to finance the first ammonia run, VLCC for argument's sake, it's not a very straightforward decision. I don't think any of us here would be comfortable to say, great, 70% financing, sign and let's do the next one. 
I think there are very complicated uh, risk factors that we need to take into account. And I think we need to see a number of stakeholders contributing to lift these projects off the ground. You need owners to look at their equity uh, risk differently. You need to have yards contribute. You need to have charters contribute. And we already see some charters incentivizing owners, maybe not to the full extent, but to a certain extent to order vessels with transition type technology. Maybe you need funds that have a green mandate. You definitely need sustainable funds. And this is a market that has grown tremendously and you've alluded to it. So there needs to be collaboration across stakeholders in order to lift these projects off the ground. And I can tell you with certainty that we will definitely get it wrong, all of us around this table on some of the technologies. That's why it's important to spread the risk around. And that's why it's important to partner with companies and with management teams that we believe are going to be the survivors and the winners of this disruption. Mm. Pairing and choosing your clients has never been more important than now. And I think the role of financial institutions will be more of the role of an arranger than purely a provider of capital. We will provide our own capital, but we will be instrumental in arranging, pricing and distributing uh, these new risks across all the stakeholders. And one important partner there is then GIEC, XN. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. So uh, it's, uh, yes, definitely. I think we can, it, uh, did you, I uh, could just go on a bit on this. Yes. Yeah. Now it's, uh, it's very um, interesting to see uh, the risk that uh, some uh, parties are willing to take and then are very bold in their decision making. And I think, of course, the large ship owners will lead the forefront here and together with the uh, financing partners and equity partners. It's encouraging to see the increased interest from green funds uh, coming in with large amounts. And I think the taxonomy has helped that uh, in order to make it necessary for fund managers to allocate part of their funds to green investments. And perhaps those funds are willing to take on more risk than other parties for the same kind of payment. So um, I think all uh, countries with their export credit financing offers are willing to uh, take on more technology risk on their own uh, industries than just the pure commercial players. But I don't think you shall expect that this uh, field of technology risk will be covered by the ECIs only because it, the risk, we are in the sort of the left corner with risk and reward. So the, there must be more powerful efforts. And in Norway, we have a number of, uh, of uh, contributions for environmental uh, um, investments. And those, those are distributed from uh, various offices. And that includes also equity support. Sounds interesting, and from a lawyer's perspective, quite interesting. We're more complex and uh, larger projects where yeah. all parties need to chip in and uh, find a, a workable solution and a risk profile that is acceptable for each participant. You are safe, Peter. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, then uh, we are then Nicholas left with uh, I think a couple of minutes here, and then uh, I think the last things that I'd like to touch upon here is that which of course is not not uh, maybe not that relevant for all of you, but what about the others, so to say? And talking about the others is this transition 
at least from what I can understand, it could be challenging. Uh, somebody mentioned the EU taxonomy banning uh, fuel uh, transportation just like that. It's a uh, no-go if you want to be to get the, the, the right uh, labeling. Um, you have uh, smaller owners with uh, less uh, means to, to, to adapt to the new world. Um, and um, other that you can see project financings where they, the, the project also puts up one project with one, two or three vessels, which would be limited what they can do. What will happen with this? Anyone that has any idea? Are we talking Chinese lease? Are we talking, is there kind of a market with banks that only do kind of not green financing and then have a higher, at a higher cost or? I think you alluded to it yourself. Um, yeah. <laughs> a large part of, of, of uh, what will will uh, take care of the issue you, you point at is consolidation into larger, uh, more professional uh, uh, companies. Mm. I mean, the, very the, quickly, because the, you touched on a number of points. I mean, s smaller companies, one, two ship companies, challenging going forward. A lot of regulation. A lot of bureaucracy, you know, difficult to remain competitive. So Niels is probably right. We will see more consolidation. I think this is this is this is this is expected. When it comes to taxonomy, when it comes to banks, I think Western banks definitely not only because of regulation, but because of internal desire from employees, from management groups, from shareholders, definitely will embrace the shift. Uh, maybe other regions of the world will be more keen to finance. Uh, segments of the industry that are not you know that are not green or do not want to change but you know with the eu clamping down with the us clamping down you know you need to figure out where you're going to trade your ships if you don't comply with certain regulations so a lot of uncertainty and huge disruption in business models that both owners and banks have to think through very carefully yeah and i think um, i think it's not only the pressure from banks uh, here it's it's also the charters uh, um, combined in the sea cargo charter nowadays which is similar to Poseidon principle so you know the cargo owners the charters of of our ships will not allow us to do uh, anything different than this secondly uh, we already see since the last 10 years that uh, traditional bank finance is maybe not the primary uh, stuff to go to. There is definitely alternative funds coming up. There's there's leases of all sorts. So, you know, it, it might well be that there is, uh, that's going to divert further. So interesting what you say is that if you then took into account, if you look at the new types of projects and technology, you would see that it's a diversification on those in the perspective that you need owners to step on, on the step up on the equity commitment from charters, commitment from all various parties, you need ECA financing and so on. And then on the other hand, you look at those not qualifying, they would then need to look at other alternatives. It could be the bond markets or family offices. Chinese lease or the lease structure. So it looks like a more diversified financing structure going forward. But that for the banks, it uh, might be that the, the larger, more professional owners will be the, 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 the preferred customers, at least it might say, from the, the perspective of the, the banks then. That uh, though not excluding smaller that comply at all, but that uh, it will be more challenging environment for them to 
adapter. Anybody else that have any comments here on the end of this session? Good. Yes, Niklas. Well, thank you very much. Uh, as expected, uh, a particularly interesting and spirited and insightful discussion. So thank you, uh, Peter. Thank you, Solveig, Jok, Christos, Atle, and Niels. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you Niklas. Welcome back.